You're listening to the podcast version of Spark TV, an interview series with the world's most inspiring women in business. These are honest business conversations over a glass of wine to help you shortcut your success in business. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, three times founder, huge wine enthusiast, and always willing to share all of the gory business details to help you grow your business, no matter what that looks like to you. If you want more spark in your business, check out our membership spark 365 for daily business growth tips at sparkfoundersprogram.com. And a huge shout out to spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the spark podcast and women in business. Amazing. Lindy, welcome to Spark TV. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. I'm so also very excited. So good. I love chatting to you because you are so excited and passionate about what you do and you've been so successful. So I'm so excited to share your story with everybody. Why don't we just start by telling everyone who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Lindy Chen. I'm the founder and the managing director of the China Direct Sourcing. I have 20 years in Chinese supply chain management. I'm also the founder and also the CEO of Freezing Technology. So cool. Now let's start with China Direct Sourcing because I will talk about both. Um, so is it as simple as it sounds? If I was a brand, would I come to you if I wanted to move my manufacturer to China or if I wanted, if I had this crazy idea for a new product, would I come to you first? Absolutely. You know, if you have an idea, if you have some thoughts and basically, yes, you come to us and then we will work out, you know, uh, like the manufacturing process and also as well as we give you a recommendation for different solution. Let's say, for instance, you know, research in tender, uh, get your product specification and really find out how much it actually costs in China. Mm. Yeah, because I guess that's the big thing, isn't it? When you're starting a new product, you kind of have no idea how much it's going to cost. Yeah, and especially sometimes it's a good idea for you to go to Australia and say, for instance, you know, some of the products, if you get it made in Australia, just open the mold or it mm. could cost thirty dollars or $40,000. Not mm. only that, the design itself can cost you easily from five to 10K. Mm. So therefore, it's good that you get a quote from the local market and yes. uh, then you get the idea. And then therefore, when you go to China, you find out, you know, the dramatic saving, it's, it's, it's sometimes can blow your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And is that the benefit of coming to you? You've kind of seen it all, you know, the process, you know, how to actually guide someone who's never done it before through a process. Like what would the steps be? Well, generally to say when you have an idea and then, you know, uh, the first step is through a research in tender. You would prepare the product specification. Uh, you would have some picture of the products. Mm. And you also would have done some market research, such as how much it costs in uh, if you buy in Australia. And then also how much you want to sell as the end market, how that look like. So mm. therefore, at least you know your who is your target market. And also uh, what's the end market price is going to be. And with that in mind, more likely, you know, we can come and give you a recommendation quite easily. 
Yeah, I love that so much. So you've been doing this for 20 years. Yes, since the year 2005. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I have like 30,000 supplier our database and also wow. probably 2,000 customer all around Australia and also America, UK, USA uh, and New Zealand and some other islands. Wow. What kind of products have you worked with? Well, we help our customer source the from button to bulldozer. Whatever. Wow. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, whatever oh, cool. they want. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. How did you get into it? All of those years so, ago. Yeah. Well, it was actually quite interesting. It was at the time when I was uh, in year 2005. I'm mm-hmm. still new to Australia. Mm-hmm. And I just broke up with my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it always starts with a story like that. <laughs> yes. And then one of my friends asked me uh, to uh, source a, a particular product from China. Oh. And, uh, you know, I find I'm very good at it. And I saved him like over 60 or 70% of the cost. Wow. And then uh, this friend told more friends and I start to do the sourcing negotiation. And I just find I'm very good at it. Wow, that's so cool. What was your career before you started a business? Well, before I started China Direct Sourcing, actually, I was in China. I worked for a construction company. Mm-hmm. I also have uh, been very high as the uh, working a pharmaceutical company. Oh, and wow. I was managing uh, four different departments, like a human resource department mm-hmm. uh, and also uh, like an admin, IT, as well as, uh, you know, the planning. And mm-hmm. I was helping the business to go public listed. Oh, wow. That's huge. Yeah. At that time, uh, and I within two years, I helped the company grow from, uh, I think it was over um, $3 million to uh, $30 million, 10 times. Whoa, that's insane. Yeah. And a lot of responsibility. Oh, yeah, a lot, a lot. Did you find that having that background helped you when you started your own business? Well, Absolutely. Uh, work for someone else is a different mentality when you mm. work for yourself. And especially when I was working for someone else, I never worry about the paycheck because yeah. <laughs> the paycheck <laughs> oh, I remember to- those days. <laughs> yeah, the paycheck come to my pocket, come to my hand. Doesn't matter whether it's raining, thunder, or whether there is difficulty. Okay, yeah. I always have my paycheck in my bank account. Yeah. However, when I started working for myself, every single thing I have to do it, and mm. including as the owner to clean the toilet. Yes. <laughs> it's so glamorous, isn't it? <laughs> and also, you know, when I first started the China Direct Sourcing, mm-hmm. it was one of the probably the darkest time in my uh in my life. Oh, I wow. broke up with my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Um, he had a fair. Uh, so yes, I was crying. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I have no friends here, no family here. Uh, I just uh, no money. I can't even afford a laptop. Yeah. I end up have to go to um uh, the Queen Street Mall, the public library, to uh, register myself in a computer, four computer in a row, to gain fifteen minutes free using time on the. Oh computer. my god! Really? Yeah. I was very resourceful. 
Yes, and I so love then, it. Yeah, I got a one hour of uh, free use of the computer to send the email at that time. Oh my god! And then I uh, pay uh, twenty cents per page to go to the internet uh, bar next door, internet mm-hmm. cafe, to print out my proposal to the client. And wow. I spend three dollars uh, to buy my client a coffee nearby, and then to have a meeting. Oh my god! This is crazy. I never knew this about you. <laughs> yeah. So. I was really resourceful, and regardless yeah. whatever the situation in front of me, yeah. and uh, you know how challenging it was, and I say to myself, you know, how long do I want to be uh, crying? How long do I really want to allow myself to be sad and mm. with the the separation? So I say to myself, look, you know, enough is enough. I'm going to make it, and then I decide to crack in the business, and I'm going to make more money than he does. Yes, <laughs> there's nothing like a little bit of rivalry to, you know, spur you on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. less than ten dollars a day, I can manage myself to have client meeting, check the email, send in the email, print out the proposal, and secure one or two customer a day. Oh my God, this is incredible. How did you find customers in the early days? Well, it's through basically partnership. And it's to find, you know, who actually have the same target market and not necessarily just doing everything by yourself. Mm. Um, I was actually walking along the Queen Street more and, uh, you know, I was thinking to uh, tell more people about my services, but I knew nobody. I have no money for the marketing. I have no one to uh, talk to. Who should I really, um, you know, talk about? And but one thing I do know is I'm very good at speaking uh, Mandarin I can teach people mm-hmm. Mandarin and I can gain from that perspective so I walk into a school and language school and I ask them I said you know how much it cost me to rent a, a, a room from them and yeah. I want to teach people about uh, the Chinese and so then they sent the headmaster to me while I was asking for the rent, you know, for a room for one night. Then we started the discussion. So then I said, you know, how about if we run a culture course for your organization? They are very excited. They want to do it. So we, we, we formed the partnership and we run, wow. you know, the Chinese culture event for their organization. And then it started from there. And oh, then wow. I secured probably six or seven customers from the presentation. Oh my God, this is awesome. <laughs> I love it because it's like, you know, nowadays you look at Instagram and it's all like you've got to do fancy campaigns. It's like, no, like start just reaching out to people and, and talking to people and creating partnerships. You don't have to have massive marketing budgets and it for it to be all shiny, shiny for it to work. Well, the key thing is always remember what you have and what you Mm -hmm. can give to people, what you Mm -hmm. can add value to other people. So whenever I have this kind of conversation, I always look at it from my partner's point of view, what would be good for them and Mm -hmm. what they can get out of this partnership. So in a way, when I think for other people, other people just, uh, you know, really, they take care of me at the same time. So I felt, you know, that that's how partnership really works. And Mm -hmm. that's how I started. 
I love that so much because I feel like you're so right. When you enter into a partnership, you've really got to make sure that it works for both people. If one side feels like they're doing all the work or they're not getting the outcomes, then it really isn't a partnership. Correct. Not only that, you look at each other's strengths and mm. then let your partner uh, run their their part their part the best. And so then, you know, that's how I basically, you know, took it off. And in the last, uh, you know, couple of years, I still use the same methodology to create a partner uh, to co, uh, like, you know, grow together. I love that. So in the last 20 years, you have gone from public library, getting 15 minute slots for free to check your email to over 2,000 customers for China direct sourcing. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. That's yeah. Amazing. Not only that, you see, for China direct sourcing, we won numerous awards. If you look at the, the award in my office, we won Telstra Business Awards, uh, and then 2009, 2012, Best of Telstra Business, and then we won the uh, Queensland, like, you know, Small Business Champion Awards. You name it, we have it. Wow. I mean, you know, we partnered with Commonwealth Bank. We partnered with uh, many, you know, different organizations. We did a national tour. Uh, you know, we basically used the same philosophy to co-create the win-win situation for partner and us. What do you attribute all of that success to? I think it would be just uh, have an open mindset and mm. also be resilient and be humble and be grateful. Mm. Um, you know, resilience is always the key. No matter how good when you run business, uh, you're always going to have challenge. That's yes. the natural part of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I remember the last year and I had probably one of the darkest moments when I was running two businesses. Mm. And also, um, like, uh, be, be humble is mm. to doesn't matter how high you are there are always other people uh contributed to your success mm. uh and then be um really humble is to down to earth and then uh, willing to accept other people's contribution but also willing to uh share with others and also i would say um you know be generous be kind and those are the things really you can attract people into your life I love that so much because all of those things that you just said are kind of within our own control. We can all, no matter what our situation is, we can all be kind, we can all be generous, we can all be grateful, you know, we can all look at other people's points of view. That's all things that we can control. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how we can recreate ourselves. We mm -hmm. cannot uh, decide um, how outside of the window look like but yes. we can determine to choose which window we want to face. Oh, I love that. Oh my God, so good. So talk to me about Freethan Technologies. So that's a little bit newer than China Direct Sourcing. What is that all about? Yes, Freethan Technology is my new baby. <laughs> so Freethan Technology is actually formed out of China Direct Sourcing. Mm -hmm. So while I was growing China Direct Sourcing, I love it, I'm passionate, and we have 2,000 customers, uh, you know, Australian-wide, and yet I want to grow it 10 times, 100 mm -hmm. times, and then I find the limit limitation, because mm -hmm. 
China direct sourcing is a labor intensive yeah. and also it re need a lot of resources on the human power. And that if I want to go worldwide, I, I couldn't. And mm. so therefore, I thought about using technology to enhance our process and to do the scale up. So that's how I come up. The Freezing Technology is a DIY uh, sourcing platform. We use the oh. blockchain to empower the whole sourcing process. We verify the supplier. We do the sampling, purchase the negotiation, production and delivery management. And with the proven concept, enable us to move from A to B, from factory to the site, from factory to the warehouse, and then all within the technology. With Freezing, wow. it's as if you have another mini Lindy Chen sitting on each other <laughs> <laughs> to, to guide you every single step. Say, yes. you know, do this, do that, do this, do that. And so then if you want someone to guide you to do everything, you use China Direct Sourcing. Yep. If you want to do it yourself with some guidance, then you're using Freezing Technology. So mm. for Freezing Technology as a tech startup, and it's only two years old, okay? Mm -hmm. We started, we registered uh, in year 2021, March, mm -hmm. but now the valuation is $20 million already. Oh my God, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> so we actually, um, with Freezing Technology, we have a big vision. Mm -hmm. It's not only just a service from China to Australia, but yeah. also from China to UK, China to USA, and China to the world. And mm. so within technology, it can uh, scale up very quickly. So mm. that's the power of digitization and also visionary thinking. Mm. So with Friesen, we did uh, the first round of fundraising at 75 cents per share. And uh, then uh, we closed, uh, we raised 800,000. Not only that, we secured the Australian Accelerating Commercialization Grant of mm. 730,000 from federal government. Wow. So that is very rare. Um, and not only that, we just, uh, as of today, completed the AC grant. And then we also uh, started the second round of fundraising as $2 a share. So for the angel investor, their money have already doubled, almost tripled. Yeah. Wow. And then for the $2 million round, we want to raise $2 million. We raised the 1.7 already. By awesome. this Friday, I think we probably end up, you know, more likely we'll close the rest of it. Oh my God, that is incredible. What's the capital raising process been like for you? Do you like that side of the business? Well, this is a part of the journey as the tech startup. It's yeah. quite a different mentality. When yes. I first started the fundraising, I have never done it. It's mm. it's very challenging. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and when I first started fundraising, I, I didn't want to do it. Uh, mm. But uh, the, the, the government, the federal government forced me. And they said, Lindy, if you want this uh, uh, AC grant, you have to go to raise money. All right. Mm. We want to, I said, no, no, no. I can, you know, mortgage my house and, you know, use that money to, to match for the funding. They said, no, no, no. We don't want just you benefit. We want um, more people get benefit from your running this uh, uh, like AC grant. Not yeah. only that, we want you, you to prove to us you are investable. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, that's how I literally started the fundraising wow. and to, to get a match. So basically the, that process is every dollar I raise, I get yeah. a dollar. So 
um, if I review back right now, I talked to nearly 490 investors. What? Oh my God, that's huge. Yeah. And then we now probably have around, you know, 60 or 70 investors on our mm -hmm. cap table. I reckon is every investor, every 10 investor, and then I get one say yes. So yeah. what everyone, whoever says no to me, I don't care. I just say, okay, it's one step closer to my next yes. Yes. Uh, I oh my God, that is such a good mentality. I feel like that's kind of like a sales mentality. You know, it's okay that people say no, that gets me closer to the yes. Correct. And sometimes, you know, one of, one of the saying my uh, CTO, uh, he, she said, Lindy, when you do fundraising, you look like, like doing multi-level marketing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's so true. And I it's said, so yeah. like sales driven, isn't it? That's right. Well, mm. I said, well, this is how I see it because fundraising for tech startup is very critical, especially mm. as the founder. I talk to many investors. I talk to many stakeholders. And, you know, if someone who is aligned with my vision, great. You know, let's create a partnership. Let's yeah. get you on board. And if they can't see that, no problem. You know, I don't take yeah. no as no. You just know just right now. And yeah. then they will say yes later. <laughs> and they see what they missed out on in the last round. <laughs> exactly. I do have an investor. I, when I invited them at 75 cents round and they said, mm. and then when I invite them again at a $2 round, they said yes. Yes. So oh that. my God. That's so good. <laughs> and I also have many investors, probably 11 out of 22 investors mm -hmm. from the first angel round reinvested in the seed round, in the second round. Oh, that's cool too. They can see the progress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I also, you know, uh, the, this year around the 13th of March, I did a launching a seminar, launching a, like a party as well as a celebration of secured $79 million procurement contract. And nice. then I have 10 investors on the night invested over 200K. Oh my God, that is incredible. Isn't it funny? I think like investors are like everyone else. You need to show the hype. You need to get them excited. You need to show them what they're either missing out on or what the possibility could be. Oh yeah. And also, you know, keep them updated. Uh, yeah. Keep, you know, having the integrity and mm. also, um, you know, be really uh, spot on with your own like uh, uh, due diligence room, your yeah. forecast, your financial, your feasibility, yes. your marketing, your sales, your planning. So literally, you know, I um, when I bef before I started the fundraising journey, I felt, my God, this is very challenging. But right now, I I felt, you know, I'm very confident. I can mm -hmm. show people, whoever interested, I can send them. I can send them the due diligence room. I can send them the data room. And the many people who saw it, impressed it, and invest. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's such a that's such great advice. Like making sure that you make it easy for them, having all of the right information up to date whenever they want it, not scrambling and looking unorganized. Yeah. So you know, basically, um, my classmate, my first, my like a uh, cohort in the mm. accelerator program, saying whatever Lindy wants, Lindy gets. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Next time I need something, I'll send you in. <laughs> yeah. So along the journey, if I look at it and my lawyer invested, 
my accountant invested, my valuer yeah. invested, my mentor, every accelerator program I went through, my mentor invested. Wow, that's so cool. Why do you think that is? Well, I think is um, you know, I'm quite uh, um passionate and also mm. they said infectious. Yeah. Um, you know, whenever people talk to me, they felt the excitement, they they often like join that into um, yes. you know, the, the startup, joined by the founder. Mm. And uh, you know, when people say no to me, I don't take it as offense. I just, yeah. you know, I was still very uh, polite and still, you know, saying when you're ready and you you are more than welcome to come back. And they, yeah. you know, sometimes they do come back. Yeah. So I think, you know, for that, I always look at the bright side of the investors. So yeah. therefore, you know, that probably impressed them. And also the strong, uh, like, you know, the data room and uh, uh, we won seven awards in the last uh, like six months, literally yeah. even including 2000, like, you know, 23 Telstra Best of Business Awards. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. It's so cool because you're so right, like, being a business owner or a startup founder, it's actually really hard, you know, and it takes a lot, uh, it takes a long time. It takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of resilience. So if you can show people that you're in it and you're excited about it, then I think you're right. That does become a little infectious, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, people, you know, sometimes they say that they invest a, a 10% on your company, 90% on the founder. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And if they click with the founder and they felt, you know, they can, they have the trust on the founder, they're usually more likely to invest. So, yeah. you know, to a degree, um, if I look at the angel investor I had, I have my um, primary school uh, classmates invested. Wow. Um, you know, even like a, uh, uh, even like a junior school classmates invested. And high school classmates invested, university wow. classmates invested. Oh <laughs> and, so, and then people who worked with me uh, mm -hmm. invested and the people who as my uh, trainee uh, invested and then people who actually as my assistant invested and then the people as my student. I mentored more than 800 different businesses in mm -hmm. the past, like say 20 years for Queensland government, the federal government. Many of my mentee invested. Wow. Yeah, because they being as my student, they know what I teach. They know what I'm talking about. They know how I really show up. And when I say A, A happened. When I say yeah. B, B happened. So mm. they felt, you know, they can really trust me. And some of the people I haven't even seen or met, like nearly past 20 years, we wow. reconnected and then they invested. Oh, my God. That's incredible. I love that, though. Like, if you say you're going to do something, do it. Yeah. There's real power in that. Yeah. I I felt, you know, that's the, the words of integrity. So yes. therefore, you know, even like the promises I made to myself, mm. I fulfill it. You know, such as like if I say I want to do exercise and yep. I do exercise and then I go to the gym, I do like weightlifting, <laughs> you know, even I have muscle. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. It's true though. Like if you're not going to keep your own word to yourself, why would you keep it to anybody else? 
Exactly. I slice it in. You know, one thing I get a really benefit is when I was very young, mm-hmm. I I get access of a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Oh, yes. I have, that, I have that yeah. here, but I actually, I don't even think I've read it. <laughs> I, I love that book so much. I read it three times and mm-hmm. I translate it, handwritten the book into Chinese page by page. Wow. 250 pages of that book. Oh my gosh. And then I typed it into the full Chinese transcript. And mm-hmm. then I made a PowerPoint presentation. I trained my team member in China. Oh my God. That's cool. So what, yes. yeah, what I, I was just about to say, like, so we were talking about integrity. I assume that's one of the seven habits. <laughs> Correct. You mm. know, it's to understand the importance of the role in your life. Yes. And then understand the priority in the life and mm. then embed it in the uh, weekly action. Yes. And then it's called, you know, private victory. So, you know, I'm really uh, grateful for when I was young and I began given that book and then I really learned the whole, the whole principle and mm. embedded it in my life. Mm. So what's the translation when you say it's the day, is it daily action or weekly action? So is it, is it that idea of promising yourself something or this is the goal that I'm working towards and like saying, okay, well, every day I'm going to show up and commit to doing something? Yes. It's more of like, say, um, you, you know, you set up the, uh, the goal you want, the role yeah. you want in, uh, for each of the role and then you set up a goal you wanted. Yeah. And then with the goal you wanted, then every quarter there is a top five priority. Uh, and with top five uh, priority and per- plus your personal victory, you mm-hmm. start to plan your week. And then, you know, each time you allocate a session to move that objective forward. Uh, and that's so, cool. yeah. So for instance, you can see uh, I have written my top five objective uh, in my this quarter, one would be complete a $2 million raise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so far I already done 1.7. So wow. as you can see last night, and that's why I went to a network function and I met, you know, because I'm also the president of Sandy Bank Chamber of Commerce for four years. And I met many friends in Sandy Bank Chamber of Commerce and I want to invite them to, to invest. They all said yes. Oh my God, that's so good. <laughs> you know, through one dinner, through yeah. one function, I probably raised another 100K. Yeah. So, you know, if they do and put the money in, I only have 200K left. So oh this God, is so what, what I say, you know, if this is in my objective, then I will take action and mm. I will know where to go, how to go. And yes. then another one is to plan, you know, 5th of February event, which is our celebration event. Yes. So for that, then I start to run the run a run sheet and mm-hmm. I dedicate, you know, the design, the PPT, uh, design the, you know, who invites what and the marketing team. I, then I delegate marketing team doing this and assistant doing that. And so I check the schedule. And another one is like, say, you know, trip to China and the objective. So then those are my top five objectives. Therefore, I break into, I do a little bit each day. And then finally, I arrive there. Oh, I love that so much. And I think it makes it a little bit easier to show up when we break it down into actually the small tasks. Oh, yeah. When Mm. it is a very big task, it's, you Mm -hmm. felt it's like an elephant. You have nowhere to bite. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that expression. That's so good. Oh my God. I love it. We could talk all day, but I wanted to, I always love to ask this last question uh, when I'm chatting to the amazing women who come on this podcast. And it is when you reflect on your time across China Direct Sourcing and Freedom Technologies, so your time in business, is there one piece of advice that you would give to another woman in business to help her on her journey? Well, I would say um, starting a business is a leap of faith. Yeah. Um, but don't let hesitation hold you back. Mm. Do thorough market research, have a clear vision, and be prepared to adapt. Remember, every successful business starts with a first step. So, you know, just uh, do it. Oh my God. I love that so much. It's actually really funny. I think that that holds true along the way as well. Like even when you're launching a new product or you're trying something new, it's like, just do it and just take the first step. Yeah. Sometimes if you don't do it, you never know what may come across. Mm. And when I first started the prison, you know, I didn't register business. I wanted to um, have an idea. And then yeah. I went to a mentoring session. My God, uh, when I, after that mentoring session, I shattered because I faced so much criticism. It's oh, not wow. joking. Yeah, it's not joking. Wow. And then my tears come. You know, I'm a, yeah. I regard myself as a very strong-willed person. Mm -hmm. um, but when that criticism come to me and I just felt, my gosh, it's so confronting. Mm. however you know uh, after I come down I say to myself look those mentors they criticize me is not because of they want to criticize me because yeah. they have a view on certain things okay yeah. I must sit down be calm and learn from their perspective uh, from their perspective to see what they say yes. and then taking that advice on board and it really forced me to relook my own presentation Mm. And then after three, four days, uncomfortable, uncomfortableness. Yeah. And then I finally can start to see from their perspective. Mm. So I changed my pitch. Yeah, wow. That's so good. I love that, you know, criticism is really interesting. You can let it totally derail you, but also you can use it to make your stuff better. So why not? Yeah, and it's uh, through, um, you know, uh, like uh, it is through those challenges, I became stronger, mm. I became, you know, more resilient, and allowed me to see uh, from another people's perspective. Yes. So quite often, you know, um, when I come across those challenges, and then I um, allow myself to be a little bit sober, <laughs> you know yes. cry a little bit That's a yes definitely <laughs> sometimes you know we got to allow ourselves to be a little bit vulnerable <laughs> yeah and we're just gonna let it out just let it out <laughs> yeah 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 Oh, incredible. Lindy, you are so impressive, so inspirational. Thank you so much for sharing your story on the Spark podcast. So grateful to have you here. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I love the community. I love you. I just felt, you know, this is a great safe uh, space to share. 
That wraps another episode of Spark TV. Thank you so much for listening. I hope there was something in there that you needed today to help you on your business journey. We would absolutely love it if you subscribed and leave a review. This helps the Spark podcast find its way to other amazing women in business. If you want to hang out with us even more, join Spark 365 and you'll have me show up in your inbox every damn day with a business growth tip. Check it out at sparkfoundersprogram.com. Shout out to Spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the Spark podcast and women in business. And if no one tells you today, you've got this.